with me and me and two of my neighbors are at war with our HOA right now. Oh, I'm I'm kind of on the periphery of it right now, but we've lived here for a year, and there's been multiple occasions where we've been fined by our HOA for ridiculous stuff. Like, yeah. there was a vine growing on our tree that we didn't even know was on our property. It was just a single vine that was about six feet off the ground. $25 fine. Yeah. Um, I keep getting fined for parking in my yard where my driveway is too narrow. It's it's just way, it's like 12 feet wide, mm-hmm. the, the driveway. And we have three or four cars plus a camper in the driveway. And so Black Betty, the truck, is parked with its left driver's side wheels, like just on the pine straw, like just just off the side of the, the driveway. Find. What? I'm parking in my yard. Um, <laughs> just there was there was one legit dude. There was one legitimate one. Like when we left for vacation, we came back and our weeds in our yard were like three feet high. Like okay, that was uh, my bad. But yeah, I mean that there we have our HOA is. They they'll send a warning, like you get a warning, and then you if you if you remedy it you don't get a fine. But we um, we have garbage pickup like most you know modern America, and if you if your can is out then longer longer than twenty four hours than the pickup yeah then you get a fine all, or or you'll get warned and then you get a fine. But what's crazy is at the pool, which is all part of the HOA that we paid for that we paid for during all of the pandemic that we couldn't use right. Um, there's, there's like four garbage cans. They're just like out like in the, in the, the grass. We're like, what? But I don't know. I don't, a, I don't like, I hate HOAs. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I understand the, the point of an HOA, right. Which is to kind of like just standards and practices for a, for a subdivision, but I don't like it. And it also feels weirdly, it's just, there's a weird vibe. And especially when your your HOA are, are, run by tyrants like ours are dude my neighbors yeah. my my neighbors on the street i mean they're getting like like one of the dudes i think is going to take him to court because they're like targeting him at this point and it's harassment like he's he's including me and my other neighbor in this email thread with the the hoa and i've been seeing what they're doing to him and it's just flat out harassment yeah so i at this point i'm kind of like to hell with it. If I'm going to get fined for parking in my yard, I'm going to take Black Betty and I'm going to park it in my yard. Yeah. We, and we, just, man, I, I've heard some people say that like there's some HOAs and you can like, look in the fine print and you can find out you don't have to pay fines. Oh, yeah. I'm not paying any of this stuff. Yeah. There's no way. Like, yeah. and they're like, oh, well, you can put a lien on your house and everything. Like, mm, I don't think so. And How, even if what? they could, yeah. Like, not they the can. Bank. If, right, exactly. Exactly. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to not. What, let, not let me move out of my house. You're not going <laughs> to let me sell my house. Like what? What? What power do you really wield here? Right. And especially in a situation like this, where they're just being way, way over the top. It's like, dude, I'm not. I haven't paid a single fine. I'm not going to. Yeah, and so yeah. at this point, it's like just, just put it on my tab. I don't right. care. So, yeah. anyways, this is not an HOA podcast. This is dipped in tone. Welcome everyone. We're back. We're back. Hey, we're almost at ten thousand subscribers. We are. So if you're watching and you haven't subscribed, please uh, do so. That yeah, would be... it actually really helps us out. It helps yeah. out on, on this channel. It helps out over on my channel. Um, yeah. So just click that little red bell or the, the subscribe button. Click the bell notified whenever we post. Is that still yeah. a thing? Is the bell still a thing? It is. But okay. but I don't know. It's I think it's become less important. I stopped 
telling people to ring the bell on my channel. Just just yeah. subscribe because the subscribe thing really does help. Oh yeah, more more than you know. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Well, um, how have you been? I I last we saw each other, I went on the road again, but I, I actually don't know what you've been up to. So. Yeah, uh, been pretty good. We are starting the studio build again. Have we talked about this on the pod? Not. Uh, I mean, last we talked about, I knew that we uh, that you were uh, you're gonna kind of revamp some stuff down there and then then hit it hard again. Now that yeah, I mean, well, so at this point, it's it's really happening. Like I've booked flights and Airbnbs and and got a crew scheduled and the whole thing. So at the end of the month, we're we're starting the build out again, and it looks like I'm gonna have the bulk of my framing and all of the structural work downstairs finished by the end of July. Oh, awesome. Which is a huge, huge weight off my shoulders. I mean, I've talked about it before, but I've been literally losing sleep over this thing for the last year because we haven't worked on it since September mm-hmm. of last year. So, you know, for whatever, eight months, nine months, however long it's been, it's just been Man. sitting down there and it's a mess and it's awful. So That's crazy. Got that coming up. Uh, got some some live shows coming up finally after two years. Got a mm-hmm. got a run of stuff coming up with Noah and Good Trouble. So um, next week, actually maybe the week this goes live, I'll be in Texas, in Austin, Texas, and South Padre Island. Cool. We're opening for Billy Currington, which will be fun. And then uh, yeah, got some stuff coming up through in in August and opening for Willie Nelson on August fifth in Sweet. Ohio, Ohio State Fair. Come see us. Bring, that bring me back some good stuff. <laughs> dude, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, that's a we're that's a living legend, man. Like yeah. and we're direct support. Like it's they tapped Noah and the band. Because Noah's opened for him twice already, just solo acoustic, mm-hmm. and got to go up and sing with him on stage and the whole thing. And then they asked for the band to come out this time. So it's I'm stoked. That's awesome. Uh, I saw your uh, quad cortex build. So yeah, yeah, I've Thank actually you. got it sitting sitting at my my foot right here, and it's it's pretty great. I've been nice. pretty happy with it so far. So that's been basically that's, it, you know. YouTube yeah. videos battling my homeowners association. Uh, by the way, if anyone from my HOA asks or is watching this, uh, we're not building a studio; it's a uh, home theater. So hey, that's leave me fine. alone. Yeah, yeah, it's it's for your enjoyment. You can do what you want. Damn right. Right. You know. I don't know. <clears throat> I have no idea. Uh, well, I, I had an exciting time after GearFest, and I figure this podcast we can just talk about GearFest and all the things that, that yeah, whatever. Done, but but yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, but I went and, I went and saw JHS. And yeah, you did. Tell me all about it. Well, it was crazy. So, um, uh, we'll we'll cover GearFest and then the <laughs> the nightmare that was getting to that for me it, oh later. Oh my in god! The show. Yeah, yeah, we'll get but, into that. Um, <laughs> right after we got back, uh, I got back and I had one full day. Well, well, I had two days. I had I had one complete day off, and then I had a Monday, and then on Tuesday we drove to Kansas City and um, did the JHS, did the live stream, shot an episode, which is I think going to be really cool, and then did an in store at Mass Street Music, which went really well. But yeah, JHS is man, I it was very eye opening. It. Um, Kind of put me in my place when you like you know you think like oh, I got this I think I got this figured out and then you see something like that and you're you know like smacked on the head 
And it was incredible. The, uh, just like their processes, uh, Bell gave me a walkthrough of how they do everything. And it was just like eye-opening in some aspects. And some things make to- made total sense that I just never considered. Uh, small things. I mean, things like getting stickers in, in individual stacks, like individual stickers instead of on a reel because they take up less space. Mm. You know, like how they, how they move pedals through production in the bins they use and the shelves they use made me rethink how we move stuff. And, and it's like, those are the things, those are the bottlenecks that we get, you know? Right. Um, but so it was great. But doing the live stream with Josh was awesome. Um, I thought I mispronounced, uh, mispronounced RJ's name and I got really <laughs> embarrassed. <saw> that. <laughs> when in fact I did not, I said his name correct. How'd you say it, it on the stream again? It's RJ Ron Kilio. Yeah. Which is his name. And right. I think what happened is I said, I said, RJ, uh, and I was trying to get the pedal to focus. And I think he said, say it right. And when it hit, Joshua, who runs the stream, said, yeah. RJ said you said his name wrong or something like that. <laughs> and then I panicked inside. I but, saw, uh, I watched the whole stream, and yeah. I, was, I was trying to troll in the comments and, and have a good time. Uh, but you, get, you did great, though. Those Thank streams are, are kind of like, kind of white knuckles sometimes. Yeah. When you're in there, you know. We had no idea. He just, we sat down, he threw a bunch of toys on the table and we got a sound. I was kind of panicking because I, my, my in-ears, um, they didn't have the, the extension cord plugged in all the way. Mm -hmm. And so I was only getting the right ear. (laughs) I was like, man, this is, this is going to be rough. And I was telling Addison, I'm like, this kind of sounds bad. Is this how you guys do this? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, I didn't plug your cord in all the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, whoo. Um, and he was really proud of me for not cursing the whole time. It was really, it was a challenge for me. <laughs> we got an email about that. Did you see that? Or I, I got did, an email. yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. you told me. So Okay. We'll what are we going to gonna do about that? Should we clean it up? Because I feel like, so we should talk about, I got an email from uh, from a viewer, very kind, very kindly worded. And he, yes. he, in so many words, said, hey, I really love the show. I listen in the car on the way to school with my kids. And sometimes you guys cuss and I have to explain the cuss words, even though he in the email or this person said uh, they have a mouthful like, like a sailor and they had to clean it up when they had kids. So, yeah, I'm a little conflicted about it. I want to this. This should be a show for everybody. But also I want the show to be us in our true forms. Right. And we both cuss nonstop. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to stop. <laughs> Uh, so I, yeah, I guess maybe we'll have, we'll see if we can have Addison just like, maybe not beep it, but we'll, we'll put some kind of like sound effect, like a right. cable plugging in or something. Oh yeah. Do the, the, the metalocalypse. Sort yeah. Of yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. We'll do something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So. I think, I think there is a limit. I think damn is okay. Yeah. Hell it's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But anything kind of be, you know, PG 13. Here you go, Addison. So sh- Mother Cool. There's the so. this the uh oh who what was the the stand up comedian? George Carlin had oh, yeah. the, the list of curses. <laughs> just those. Beep all those. Scratch, yeah, just beep all beep everything we just said. Uh you can get creative <laughs> with it. Um Yeah. Well maybe not piss. Maybe piss is okay. Oh, piss, yeah, piss is okay. Sugar piss tooth is okay. Yeah. <laughs> piss, piss. <laughs> Uh, anyway. All right. So anyway, so the, the live stream went well. Mm-hmm. The, uh, see, okay. So the scale of JHS is, is fascinating, right? Because yeah, it's funny to me to see this, the level of operation they're at in such a small space. Yeah. 
so for those that don't know, it's 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 just a big square building, and downstairs is all pedal production, and upstairs is all offices and live stream stuff and repairs. I mean, yeah, it's literally a cube. It's, it's just a cube. <laughs> uh, and then next door, they do all their printing and uh, an initial uh, enclosure prep. But did you um, go to the studio next door to that? We didn't. Uh, oh, I, that I, place is we, cool, man. Yeah, they 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 told me about it, but we we were moving at at a at a pace, and we had <laughs> we had yeah. to get going. But um, yeah, it was just incredible. Uh, the, the, and and for those that are curious, I, I don't know the square footage, but I will say that there is not a single wasted space downstairs. Oh, dude, it's every nook and cranny of that production floor is used. Yeah, yeah, like the shelves are are wide enough for an average adult to walk down, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, they need a bigger space badly. Well, that, yeah, I think that's coming. Uh, yeah, it fairly is. soon. It so is. I don't know if we're supposed to announce that, but I think <laughs> no. <there's> no well, <laughs> Josh announced, and, and hey, this is a segue. We can do this, and then we'll we'll get into the the dipping. Um, he announced that the Mjolnir, the normal production Mjolnir, because we were talking about it before the stream started, no longer has a charge pump. So, uh, for the uninitiated, they're probably like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the clone aficionados. Uh, that's kind of a thing that they might turn their nose up at. But what we did is, uh, I'm so tired of the Mjolnir's getting blown up. Right. The wild, wo- the wild woods we've made in such a way that I can fix it without taking the pedal completely apart. Right. But um, the normal one, it's kind of like that, but it's still just a, a pain. So we ditched it, we tweaked it, and it sounds great. And this Friday, so by the time this airs, these might have already been gone, but I'm going to show them anyway. Uh, we're releasing... What I'm calling the summer vibes. Oh, whoa. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, dude. That's so cool. So it's uh, uh, Jeff's wife, Katie, did this. This uh, I, I wanted it to look that. like an airbrush T-shirt from the beach. <laughs> from, from Panama City. <laughs> yeah. Myrtle, like Beach. Myrtle Beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're doing those. Those are coming out tomorrow. All right. Well, but, that's uh, that's your cue, everyone. Go buy the old Mjolnir's because they sound way better. Uh, the new ones don't have a charge pump, so they're it's all fake. It's not yeah. a real clone. And um, yep, you can do what. Actually, did you see Josh posted on his story? Someone's trying to sell a banana boost for like nine hundred bucks. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I believe it. Yeah, we had one at Carter for like a hundred dollars, and it, it took us forever to sell it, and, and then now they're yeah. crazy. Yeah. So uh, there, there you go. Everyone, buy buy the old Mjolnir's because they're better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although you can't tell which is which because we didn't change. Anything yeah, but on it the doesn't face. matter. They're better because they have the charge pump. So that's right. This one's got the charge pump. So you know. Well, you ready to dip a rig? Speaking of charge pumps, <laughs> let's dip. What? This, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we need we need some little we need some little stingers. We do need. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. The JH like, boy. One more thing about the JHS show. Okay. Um. It's it's equal parts inspiring, depressing, and infuriating. How mm-hmm. good that show is. Yeah. I mean, because now, granted, Josh has like four or five full time employees that basically the bulk of their job is to run that show, and yeah. they're all creative geniuses. Like Nick is a legitimate like creative genius yeah um but damn they they're so good everything they do is so good yeah it, and it, uh you know and it seems just so yeah it just it's it's innate it's just natural just pouring out of them all this stuff i mean and, and one thing that you had told me was how in it like 
amazing the live room is mm-hmm. and the proficiency in it and stuff. And, and yeah, uh, w- uh, when I walked in, I, I looked at all that stuff and I said, man, our next space, we have to do this. Yeah, yeah, e- yeah. Even on just a tiny scale, like I have to have this because I've tried to do that in here, but it's still, it's not like, like oh, there. dude, I'm going to have, I'm going to fly Addison out just because Addison did all that yeah. on the, on the roof and everything, the mm-hmm. ceiling. I'm going to have him do that in my studio. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna come like come here for a week and just tell me what I need to get, and then let's just do that. The yeah, it's crazy, you know. Yeah, it's great, and uh, and I'm super excited for you guys to see the show that we came up with, because um, it's a mythos centric episode, but it's also not. It's just <laughs> kind of we we had this joke, and it, it's not well, it's not totally a joke. It's uh, actually a huge f- reflection of who I am as a guitar player and a and a pedal builder, but. Um, I've never acted on camera before, and I did for this, and everyone was looking around like, I think this is pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. I'm excited. That's better than uh, their reactions when I did something with them a few weeks, three months ago, <laughs> and I had to act on camera. It was like, okay, I think we got it. Um, we'll Yeah, we'll see if we can just put that together in post or something. <laughs> Let's just move on. Nice. Well. Right. We'll see. It, it might it might turn out to be terrible. All right, no. here's this rig. Ba bow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is Ooh. I knew you'd like this one. This one yeah. is from Sergio Rodriguez. And what we got here is a uh, 2014 Gibson SG Derek Trucks that yep. he just he just put some whiz pickups in, so nice. Nice. Uh he's got a um Japanese a made in Japan. Uh, 62 custom telly wow. reissue. The Cornell Amps Plexi 7. He says a single-ended cathode-biased hand-wired 7-watt amp with power scaling, which is Ooh. crazy. 7 watts with power scaling. Yeah, and go 7, 1 quarter or an eighth of a watt. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. Okay. Uh, and then on the board, he's got the Golden Fleece, the Broadcast Dual, a light speed, the Deep Blue Delay, a Strymon Flint, and it's got a Chalks underneath and like I don't know, I saw it and thought, well, I don't know that. What else? You don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. That maybe maybe some modulation, but apart from that. But anyway, well, you got the you got the flint. That's enough oh, yeah. modulation for yeah. for this kind of rig. Yeah, you know. Well, but what what are what are your thoughts about about this setup? So I'm in the middle of getting my setup back together because I haven't really played a. a a real run of shows in two years, two and a half years. So Mm -hmm. I'm having to like get a board back together again and get, get my stuff together. This rig is a, I could take this and play every show I needed to play coming up for the next two and a half months. This is perfect in every way. This is perfect. Uh, the guitars. So the, the Derek trucks SG is something that's always intrigued me. I think it's like a 61 reissue, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's weird because it has like the the Vibrola tailpiece, well the bottom of it, but it, then right. it goes to just like a you know stop tail. It's just yeah decorative kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, I wish it had a pick guard. You could put one on it, but yeah, there's there's no holes. It's just um, yeah. Because I guess he took his off of his. I think SG. yeah, I think he did. But see, the thing is, his is so worn out and beat up that it kind of works. I think it looks a little weird to me with just like a clean SG with no pick guard on it. You know? Yeah, I would put a guard on it myself. I would too. For sure, I would definitely put a guard on it. Uh, the Mij Telly, that's that's such a great piece. Like 
the Made in Japan stuff, I mean, people know about it now. It's the, the MIJ, even the, the Squire stuff, like the E serial number Squire stuff from the 80s mm -hmm. that was made in Japan is super, super good. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, they're <laughs> And he's hot rodded both of these. They have new pickups and pots and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's like they're the perfect platform for that because, I mean, the stock stock wiring and, and electronics are pretty good, but they're just – the necks are great. They feel great. You yeah. Know? They're just – most of these are poly. Then that's the only thing that kind of takes away from the vintage aspect of it. Yeah, that's – but at the grand scheme of things, like that really doesn't matter all that much. No. Plus, I like that he's got the uh, the triple saddles on there instead of the more modern like uh, individual saddles. I think a, a telly the, the the triple saddles are important to the telly sound personally. Oh, one hundred percent. That is the the telly sound. Yeah, yeah, opinion. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I love a double bound telly too. Yeah, I mean they're gorgeous. They're just yeah, gorgeous. Customs. With uh, the, the rosewood it, board. It's you know. It's as classic as classic can be, and then the Cornell amp. I mean, a seven watt plexi. You know, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be super loud. No, um, but loud enough. It's loud enough. Now, again, you know, I will say that that would probably be the one bottleneck for the gigging thing, playing with sure. a drummer. Like seven watts, depending on the drummer, depending on the room, you could you may have some issues getting over a drummer with that amp. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to be miking it anyways, and it's going to go through the PA. It's just a matter of like on stage sound. It's not yeah. going to fill up that much space on stage. Uh, but for playing at home, I mean, that's all you need. Yeah, I, I wonder how that would do with on like a two by twelve or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that nice. Yeah, uh, and then hard. the pedal board. Yeah, I mean, Easy. what? What? Yeah, what more can you ask for? You got your fuzz. You got the broadcast, which I really dig. I've got the broadcast AP Ariel Posen. I've still never played one. Oh. I need to. I need to hit up Mass Street and say, "Hey, just send me one." And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll. Yeah, if they don't, I'll. I'll um. Let I'll you send, try mine when, out. When you send uh, your Tim to get repaired, <laughs> send your <laughs> yeah. broadcast. I should do that soon. I might be coming up to Nashville soon, though. So. Oh. Um, yeah, and then of course, Lightspeed, greatest, mm -hmm. um, greatest overdrive of all time, in my opinion. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh. And then the Deep Blue Delay. I've never played one of those. Deep, deep Blue Delay is like the Tube Screamer is to the Overdrive community. You know, like it, it is the birthplace for so many custom overdrives. For everyone who wanted to make a delay pedal that didn't want to go Bucky Brigade in, mm -hmm. back in the day, they all built it around the chip that this uses and this pedal perfected it. And now pretty much anybody that makes a PT2399 delay pedal thing, it's a modified deep blue delay. Right. And it's incredible. It's it's a really simple uh, circuit that is analog voiced. Uh, I don't think it'll oscillate, but it, it'll get like close Mm -hmm. And and they just sound good. They, they're low noise. They just I don't. They're nice. I like it's them. a good delay. I think the only the only thing on this rig that I would that I would miss is a tap tempo on that delay. I know it's not needed for most people. I use one a lot though. Yeah. And yeah, then of I, course, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I I I only put a tap tempo on the Oracle because people demanded it. I, otherwise, I would not have even put a tap tempo on it. No, but it it works though because what it allows you to do on the Oracle is tap. Beyond. Yeah, it goes beyond what the the pot will do, and you get that really lo-fi degraded kind of sound, which is awesome. 
Yeah, and le- and for the people that are that have one and don't realize that it's not broken, it's not broken. It's supposed to do that. <laughs> I get emails a lot like, "Hey, this sounds like crap." It's like, "Yeah, isn't that cool? You paid for that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a feature, that's a, man. That's a bonus." <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the Flint. I mean, arguably one of the greatest pedals of all time. I think. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm really curious to see. To, to check out one of the V2s. They're I, oddly confusing because it's like, it looks the same. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I got one. Okay, should we talk about this for a second? Sure. I got an email from Strymon a few weeks ago talking about a new pedal, which is always exciting. I'm I'm a Strymon fanboy. You know, you can add me in the comments. Sure, I claim it. I like Strymon stuff. They're fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, all they said was, we've got a new Flint coming out. And I was like, oh, that's Okay. And I yeah. was picturing, like, is it going to be in a bigger box? Is it going to be, like, what new features do they have? What? And then I uh, unboxed it when I got it, and I thought it, I thought there was a mistake. I checked my email and was going to say, like, hey, I think you guys screwed up, sent me the old Flint. But then I looked, and it has the USB-C jack on the back. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is new. And it's it's, for all intents and purposes, like, the same, you know. yeah. Maybe sounds a little better, but it it was a little underwhelming to me. It, I got really the, excited. It's the same size. It's the same art, right? Yeah. Same knobs. Okay, I see. Oh, it has an input for mono, mono or stereo. Yeah. And then, and then okay. just some, some creature comfort control things, basically. They optimized a lot of the the DSP and stuff on the inside. and so Yeah. Oh, and they have a new uh, JFET input circuit. I think that's a new thing. Yeah. To keep... I mean, I never had a problem with, like, your analog, you know, the, the analog dry-through on a Strymon. I thought it always sounded fine. Yeah, that's so, one of the but, big reasons know, to go with a Strymon, with digital stuff, is because they, unlike Eventide, um, with, like, the H9, the Strymon always man, uh, maintained analog dry-through and you're just blending in your... It's like parallel processing, basically. You're blending in your signal underneath it, so... And that's why I think they sound so musical and they work so well. Yeah. Because, like, the Eventide stuff, I think they do incredible things, but I can hear it. I hear that... I hear something different there, and well, I Well, it's because you're hitting two converters in the pedal. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going A to D on the way in and then D to A on the way out. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, you can hear converters. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why... People spend so much money in recording studios buying the best, highest quality converters you can get. Sure. You know? Well. <sighs> okay. What do you so think? The only two things I would change here are pick guard on the SG and I wish the delay had a tap tempo. Other than that, this is this is 9.9 shoils for me. Whoa. Yeah, this is a wow. killer rig. Okay. Yeah, I, I think... I would want to. I would want a little higher wattage amp. Uh, I'm sure that Cornell. I mean, Cornell amps are in, impeccable. Um, but as I've, it's weird. I went through this moment when I was young. I wanted loud, and then I wanted quiet, and now I want loud again. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would want something more in the twenty to thirty watt range. Um, but I was gonna. I was gonna give it a solid nine. I think it's incredible. Yeah, I think the. Really the cool. I'm okay with this amp because. I bet it records incredibly well. Oh yeah, I lo- I like tracking what's, small amps a lot. What speaker? What size speaker? Uh, it's, oh, it's, a, it's it's got a twelve inch uh, Slushman yeah. V thirty. So nice, uh, nice, neat. 
Very great cool. rig. Great rig. All right. So Gear Fest. Yes. So remember how I said, like, oh, yeah, we're going to live stream on my channel and check <laughs> it out. And it didn't happen. Well, they, a, they had worse Wi-Fi than I do at my shop. Dude, what, the Wi-Fi at Sweetwater is, like, just the internet in general at Sweetwater is, like, it's astonishing to me that that uh, a company as big as that can operate on an internet connection that slow. I think it was just the, the multitude of people. Or maybe not. I don't know. No, because I think I heard some people saying that, like, oh, yeah, this is just how it is. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so we literally weird. couldn't we couldn't live stream. We just couldn't do it. Um, and then plans kept changing last minute. Gearfest was interesting. Um, it it wasn't quite what I thought it would be, and I think there there was some area for improvement if they did do it again next year. Um, but I will say I'm glad that I went. It was a really good time hanging out yeah. with everybody. Um, and got to meet some cool people that I haven't gotten to hang out with much yet. So what do you think about it? I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, it, it felt like the the first attempt at that sort of event, um, you know, and, and you heard that a lot from from guys like Pete Thorne, who had gone to the Toman uh, Gear Gear University. That yeah, TGU. Yeah, because uh, they really, you know, decked it out with content creators in mind, giving just like just quality of life things everywhere so far as like cameras and, and rooms and everything set up. And, and it felt a little more ragtag, uh, at, at, you know, a gear fest, but it was, it was fun and it was really cool to be able to see, uh, and hang out with, with so many people. I think that was the best part getting to, you know, I mean, see a lot of cool gear, but also just getting to spend quality time with, with other people that I admire and, and respect and, and wanted to get to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was kind of laid out almost like they, they did a miniature Nam for like 25 people. And that's kind of what it was. They had, they had vendors there with booths and everything. And you had scheduled times to go to these different booths. And the idea was that you would go to a booth and like make a video at the booth about whatever thing. And that was kind of what I think the vendors were expecting. But I had the dialogue ahead of time with Sweetwater, and I think a few other people did, which was like, hey, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't make those types of videos. My channel doesn't, like, my audience isn't going to watch something like that. There are other channels that were there that were doing it, that it were, like, Working Class Music, um, Ryan, Get 60 Offset, cycle. 60 Cycle Hum. Like, yeah. they were there doing the stuff, um, which is cool. But there were multiple times where I would was scheduled to like go see someone at a booth and I'd walk up and they'd be like, all right, hey, tell us what do you want to like, where are you going to set your camera up and we can mic this up? And I was like, I'm not shooting a video. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of put me in an awkward position. And then they it's like, oh, well, OK, so what are you doing here? And I was like, I, I don't know. What are we doing here? <laughs> right. So I think there. But the the good part about it was getting everyone together. Like I made a super fun video with Tim Pierce and Pete Thorne where we just went in the recording studio and they had a bunch of amps set up and I was like, hey, why don't, why don't you guys show me through these amps? Let's get them, get some sounds dialed up and talk about what you're doing. Yeah. And it was awesome. That's, that was one of my favorite videos I've made. You, you, you know what's funny is we, we were watching that shop yesterday and of all those amps, the one that I thought sounded immediately the best and I'm curious to see what you think. Was that deluxe? The deluxe was really good. The head, 
And you know what's funny? Like they were talking about like Fender make this. Fender made that. That was a, a thing they made for a short period of time. Yeah, they should bring it back. Yeah, it's super. Like why, why a, Fender, a yeah. deluxe in a head? It's great. It's Just, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we were pushing it through a 412 cab with greenbacks, which you don't, that's part of why it sounded good, was you don't ever really hear a deluxe through a 412, a Marshall 412. Yeah. It was yeah. badass, you know? It, so. it, like what Tim was saying, like that is the 70s studio sound. That, yep, that is exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a deluxe, sometimes a tweed, but, but mostly a deluxe or an AC30 or something like mm-hmm. that, so. But yeah, I mean, what... What did you see? Because I think like that's the most valuable thing for for us on this is like what can, what can we tell people that we saw that was was really incredible? I have a few things. I have but, one that just showed up in the mail right, literally before I jumped on here that I didn't oh. know was coming. <laughs> so it's gonna be my shill of the week. Fantastic. Uh, should we save it or or should we I, just talk about it? I mean, I don't know. Do you do you just want to do it? I mean, I think I think we should just talk about all the stuff. All right. Because all right, you you start. And, okay, uh, well, well there, there was a thing over here. There was a few things that I saw. The first thing that I saw that really kind of blew my ah. pants off. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, was the new Blackstar amps? Um, I, for the life of me, I can't remember what they're called. Let me look it up. But my buddy Kenny um, is working for Blackstar and Dark Glass. They're all like the same uh, right. company. Right. And uh, the St. James, that's what they're called. And I, I, I watched the videos, I watched Reverbs, I watched Andertons, I watched a few others, and I thought, man, they look great because they have a light-up logo, like a matchless, and, and everything, and they were pitching them as being like the light, most lightweight tube amp ever, and I was really underwhelmed with all the, the videos that, that were released, but the right. moment I plugged into it with a Les Paul, it just sounds... Right. I was really impressed. Yeah, I walked thing. in, I walked up when you and McKinley were were playing it. Yeah. And uh I it sounded good. Now how because so their whole thing is it's super lightweight and it is. I picked it up. It's a 50 watt all tube head. So tube yeah. preamp, tube power amp section, but it weighs like I don't know 10 pounds maybe. It was yeah, super I mean, light. I can look up the specs on sweetwater.com. Sweetwater.com. Uh but it the way they're doing it is uh, with a different type of transformer, right? Because yeah, normally in a in a amp, that's the heaviest thing, as we learned a few weeks ago with your uh-huh. uh, misadventure. <laughs> My broken <laughs> Doctor Z. Doctor Z. It's still not fixed. Yeah, it's it's a little over thirteen pounds. Okay. And the yeah, the power transformer is like a lightweight toroidal sort of thing, so it's super efficient and just small. Yeah, it's, and that's where they're saving all that weight and yeah, that space. And- but I, I mean, I really like the way it sounded. I'd like to hear it like really loud. Yeah. But uh, and the reverb, you know, it has a digital reverb, which most I think most Black Stars do, and a lot of Victories mm-hmm. do, and I mm-hmm. think all the new those new bad. Well, cats it's a do. way to it's a way to keep the the cost down on an amp and keep things yeah. affordable. You don't have to yeah. have a reverb tank and a circuit to drive it and everything. It's you know and less tubes and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, like I really liked it because to me it felt and sounded like a classic British amp head and i i don't know what did you think so i only played it for a second i think i was less impressed than you yeah um i think it sounded really good but i immediately it was just kind of uh it's funny because it's all tube but my initial impression of it was that it felt digital which sounds Uh weird but it, it felt too fast um yeah 
the response was a little like hard, like a really hard transient response, which is typically what you would get out of a modeler or something like that. But um, I wonder if that's the power, like the power amp or yeah, I wonder if that or the, the power transformer or something like in the power section. It, and that was my first question for the guy when I played it. I was like, um, oh, so it's, it's a class D power, solid state power. He's like, no, no it's all tube. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. But granted, I need to, like you, I want to spend some actual time with it and, you know, put it through its paces a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I really genuinely liked it. I think, I mean, I, I, I would like to hear it loud, like 50 watts loud, loud. But yeah. So what what did what did you get what did you move over there you grunting right. about? So oh, this oh yeah the the soup hold on the Supro Royale yeah uh, the one twelve combo okay so um, I stopped by it was Supro was there and and they had the best booth I'll say oh. like they they set their booth up like a living room kind of thing it was so cool it was cool. Um, but it was Supro, D'Angelico, and Pigtronics. Um, and I sat down and uh, plugged up through this thing and immediately was like, ooh, this is, this is kind of kind of cool. It's um, good. It's really good. I sat there and played it for like 15 minutes. I didn't want to get up. I just sat there with one of those D'Angelico guitars and, mm-hmm. um, and played through it. And, yeah, it's, it's one of these things like it's, uh, it's 50 watts – um, power scaling, uh, it's class A, class A, B section, which I think is something that's really cool that, that not a ton of amps do. So you can kind of change the, the response, the feel of the amp. Um, yeah. And one of my favorite things about it is I didn't realize you could do this, but so it's got a a spring reverb and you can actually kill the dry signal from the amp and just run through the spring tank and get a, a really crazy, all spring kind of sound that is I think would be great for recording. Like it would be really cool to so there's a lot of stuff you could do or, it. Yeah, or you could reamp through it. Like you could record yeah. a part and then send it back through this thing and get this really washy sort of spring sound. Um it's got an effects loop. It's got all kinds of stuff on the back here. I mean it's it's a pretty feature packed amp. Um it's pretty heavy <laughs> for a 112. I mean yeah. it's like there's a lot of stuff going on here, but um, and they make a two twelve. Yeah, no, the two twelve is too much for me. I think I think the one twelve is enough. But I'm I'm gonna try and I'm gonna take this out on the road on, Man, on these dates coming up. Um, I, I would after you told me to check it out. I we went over there and played it, and I wanted to play that new the new Pictronics Fuzz, which I can talk about. But that amp, uh, a it, it looks great. Yeah, it really does. I mean, look it, at it. it. I, it's it's so good looking. Panel. The 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 Oh, no. It's it's kind of got that Morgan Chilowich sort of thing that they yeah, used to yeah, do, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it, it sounds great, and they're they're not that expensive. No, um, they're pretty affordable. Um, I think they are made in they're made overseas. Yeah, um, which is how they can keep the although I can't see a, a statement of origin here. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean it's it's good. The, it's oh, really they're, good. They're fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> But the but they're Supro not light. And, I will say that no, they're not light. Supro and Pigtronics are now the same company and D'Angelico, so they're all one conglomerate. Which seems to be happening a lot in the industry. It does. Um, but, but that that Pigtronics Star Eater pedal, dude, which is a gr- great name. 
Yeah, it's cool. And here, it's I feel cool. terrible because they uh, I, they sent me home with with that in their chorus. Did you play the chorus, the Pigtronics chorus? I didn't. Oh, dude, it's so good. And uh, they sent sent it to me. They or they gave it to me. They put it in a little like tote bag thing. I was walking around Gearfest with my tote bag. Went to the studio to shoot my video with Tim and Pete. And left, left the bag and ah. didn't realize it until I got home and I was unpacking. And I was like, wait, where are the pedals? I, I, you know, because I had to cram all the stuff in my, my suitcase and everything. Yeah. And I realized, oh, I left it. And so now some, I bet some Sweetwater employee like found the bag and it's, it's like sweet Christmas <laughs> day or whatever. Yeah, I didn't so. play the chorus. Um, and we didn't even talk about what happened to me. Getting oh to yeah, we fact. should we should go over that really quick. So for, for those that didn't don't follow me on Instagram, uh, Sweetwater uh, booked our flights, and right. so McKinley and I uh, showed up at BNA uh, Nashville's airport, and we're there with plenty of time. We got in line because I hadn't checked in yet, but we were there really early, and so I was like, I'll just do it on the on my phone, and so we were just waiting to like get our bags to drop my uh, my bag and um when i went to pick when i went to check in it said pick a new flight and i was like well that's weird because <laughs> it said 2 30 and then nothing else and then i scrolled down and i saw the seven or whatever it was that i it was the same time as the flight we were supposed to have and so i was like oh yeah. there it is pick that um stuff was still weird and so i went up to the kiosk to you know to get my tag for the bag and it said, you can't check in 24 hours before a flight. And I was like, what? And I looked and it said, oh, your flight's on Saturday. And we were there on Thursday. <laughs> so yeah. we, we uh, immediately got outside. Uh, McKinley's wife, Alyssa, picked this up and we drove. So the six it wasn't hours. so bad. Six hours. It wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. Well, what's funny is like you ended up getting there at the exact same time that you would have gotten there had you flown. Like, if we hadn't stopped to get energy drinks, <laughs> then we would have been there right at the same time the plane would have landed. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's happening a lot right now. Yeah. In the, the, so I'm a little nervous about my flight next week to Austin because although Atlanta to Austin is, is a pretty busy thoroughfare. So, sure. you know, but when you're flying to these small markets like Fort Wayne, Indiana, it's mm -hmm. like you're just kind of shot in the dark, man. I hope they I hope they keep the plane booked, you know. Right, for sure. Well, uh, what else? What else did you see that was exciting? Um, the Marshall SV twenty. Oh yeah, the twenty watt Plexi. Mm -hmm. I, I finally got to play one of those for the first time, and dude, it's uh, it's funny because friend of the show Kenny Greenberg is using yep. one on tour with Kenny Chesney, um, and I saw them, and I saw his little twenty watt head up there playing in front of seventy thousand people. At, uh, at Mercedes Benz, and he sounded killer. He sounded great. And if there ever was an, an a place to use a hundred watt plexi, it's certainly what Kenny Greenberg is doing. <laughs> Man, and he was using the twenty watt, and it sounds awesome. He he was the one that told me about it. I mean, I'd seen videos and stuff on it, but he was here because we were talking about the the PRS um, Hendrix head, and uh, he said he'd been using that that Marshall in the studio and was blown away by it. Yeah, um, I didn't get a chance to play it. The Marshall booth was weird. It was half Marshall, half Dunlop, and then like half. Well, there's a third Marshall, third Dunlop, and then the third just empty space. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was very odd. It was weird. It was weird. I think I think next year, Sweetwater should should keep the Gear Fest thing going, but it should be less trade show and more like more what TGU is, which is 
you got the space, you just get the people together and you go and make the videos and you just say, Hey, like Robert Baker came to me and, and wanted to do a video, a, a, like fuzz shootout video. So yeah, it's like, great. We go to Sweetwater. Hey, I need these eight fuzzes. And then they just put them in a room and we make a video, you know? Yeah. I think that's a much better way to do it. But, um, yeah, the Marshall thing was great. Um, Martin was there. I got to play again the Rich Robinson uh, D28 that yeah, I, played I played at. I played that. Yeah, dude, that was a popular guitar over there. Every time I went by the booth, someone either had it or it was gone. Someone was using it. Yeah, I, I thought it looked really good. I thought it sounded good. It doesn't. It didn't quite capture the sound of all the pre-war stuff that I'd played. But I think you know, I mean, that could be Brazilian. That could be a lot of things. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, it's it could hard. Have been strings. It could just be an age. Like give that guitar right. sixty years and then see what it sounds like. You know. Yeah, but it it does it like at a distance and even up close. I feel like Marshall uh, Marshall Martin's um, distressing was pretty good. Pretty good. It was really good. Pretty so, good. Um, yeah. UA was there. James Santiago got to hang yep. out with him again. We we recorded uh, <laughs> uh, like a, a video. He and I, and the camera was set to slow mo. <laughs> did you get that fixed? I haven't totally tried yet. I haven't had time, but we did get the audio from UA, and we have both James and I lav mics and our guitars. So if anything, we'll condense that into an audio podcast because it's it's an hour long conversation like deep diving into not not just the pedals but just philosophies on tone and playing yeah. and how how we approach design and like it was a really i i we felt like very kindred spirits or, or mm-hmm. i felt he was a kindred spirit to me as soon as we started talking and, and he was like what are some of your go-to riffs and i started playing zz top and he's like oh yeah i like this one <laughs> and like it was it's like oh do we just become best friends <laughs> yeah um, and he's he's so nice he's so nice yeah he's he has i've only known him now for like i don't know a month and a half or whatever um but getting to do the the ua video with him in in los angeles and then hanging with him at gear fest i mean my god what a great dude he's such a good good guy and again he's so knowledgeable like yeah that's that's been my favorite part about this whole like youtube career thing is the relationships with people that you get to meet and become friends with Mm -hmm. um there really is some awesome people in this industry, you know? Sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, <sighs> the Neve console. Oh yeah. You were, <laughs> you're getting the vapors over that thing. Yeah. I was pretty verklempt when I walked mm-hmm. into that room. So Neve, uh, Rupert Neve designs was there and, uh, they had just installed a knee, a 5088 32 channel in the a room at, at Sweetwater. And um, one of the the greatest moments of all the Gear Fest was on, I think it was the last day. Lisa Belladonna was there um, Mm -hmm. representing Moog. And if you don't know, she is amazing. She's an amazing keys player, amazing synthesis. She has this crazy like modular rig that she travels with and and does all this super cool. She is, she's so cool. (laughs) And she had composed this like fusion piece like she's a proper like keys player, like jazz keys player, you know, which I had, I didn't know before gear fest. Cause I only knew her through her synth work. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I walk into the studio because they had booked a session. There was going to be a session there that Sweetwater was going to film and Pete Thorne and Tim Pierce were going to play on the session. And I wanted to go see it. So I sat in the control room and I, w- I walked in and Lisa is, is on the roads and she's just playing some, I mean, 
some insane she's got chops dude like real yeah. chops and uh so they they set up for the session they've got everything dialed in and they do two or three takes and tim is playing pete's playing this like 12 string acoustic part i think they thought they were walking in to do some kind of like three chord you know straight ahead pop song kind of thing so pete brought a 12 string acoustic <laughs> and then they realized when they walked in they had like charts and it was a real there was some real changes happening and it was like a fusion kind of improvisational thing and tim pierce played the best solo i've ever heard him play i've grown up listening to him playing i have watched his youtube channel for almost 10 years i've done videos with him like i know tim's playing and he on the last take of this thing, there was a solo section for the guitar and he's plugged into that deluxe head with that 335 that he played in my video. Mm -hmm. And he just opened the taps up and just, it was like, he kind of was flexing on us a little bit. Like, Hey, don't forget. I'm, I'm the dude. And <laughs> right. like, I can still play circles around everyone here. So don't <laughs> mm -hmm. like, I'm super fun and bubbly and kind and nice. And I'm Tim Pierce, but also I can, I'm I Tim can, Pierce. I'm Tim Pierce. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so cool. So, but I was sitting behind the, I was sitting at the 5088 console and, um, you know, I'm looking for a board to put in my studio and uh, it's, that's, it's the one I want. Like, yeah. It, it's one of those things. It's like, you can spend your whole life chasing the thing you want, buying things that are like it or are going to get the job done kind of. But at the end of the day, if that's the thing you want, it's the thing you want. You know? I, I was sitting there talking to, to Jonathan from Rupert Neve Designs, mm -hmm. and he was just kind of taking me through the console because it's the last thing that Rupert Neve worked on before he passed mm -hmm. away. And the console itself is is kind of like Rupert's greatest hits, like the the way the preamps are designed. There's there's little there's little pieces of like the 1073 and the 1084 and the, you know, and just it's it's exactly what i want out of a console it, it ticks every single box the problem is it's hundred <laughs> well you know what you gotta do get a loan <laughs> no you gotta go to guitar center and buy some vintage guitars for a steal like i did in kansas city <laughs> yeah you did so let's let's talk about that what tell okay. me about these guitars yeah we're we're about we're 50 minutes or so in i didn't bring both of them because i I didn't know if we were going to record today, so I just had my Les Paul here. So uh, when we first got to Kansas City, because we got there like middle middle of the day or whatever, we left real early, uh, Jeff was like, let's go guitar store shopping. I'm like, you you want to, I mean, like, why? Really? And he's like, I don't know, it'd be fun. What else are we going to do? I'm like, you're right. And so there was a guitar center just, I don't know, like 15 minutes away with some restaurants nearby. So we thought, ah, we'll go here. And if there's nothing, at least we can get something to eat. And we walked in to the, um, I can't remember. I'm going to look up the exact name of this, uh, guitar center location, but we walked in and it looked like Nashville's old guitar center where, uh, if you remember, there's like, they had the printed like Marshall cabs on the yeah, wall. Yep. 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 Uh, yep. Like you remember that those, mm -hmm. um, the one was, I grew up going to had that. Yeah, it was like the classic Guitar Center. Um, uh, come on. I can't find the location. Overland Park. Overland Park yeah, Guitar yeah. Center. And uh, 
there was there was like the used room in the back, and and it had you know all the, the like rigging and industrial looking stuff, uh, classic Guitar Center. Yeah. So we walked back there, and hanging up on the very high was a, a non reverse Firebird, and an obviously refinished Les Paul, mm. um, which is behind me. I'll grab that in a second. But the Firebird was was obviously vintage. I could barely see, and and Jeff, I think he said, oh, I think it says nineteen sixty five. And I was like, man, okay, well, that's kind of that's kind of a cheap price. Mm-hmm. And then the Les Paul, I was like, well, that looks like a '70s one, but it's natural, and and it, that's like that's a real cheap price. So I went and got the guy, one of the guys working there. I think his name's Matt, and I said, hey, uh, could could you get that Les Paul down? He's like, oh yeah, I should get down this Firebird too. And I was like, oh, okay, let's start with the Les Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we got down this Les Paul that I'm holding. This is a 1973 uh, that has been routed for humbuckers. Uh, these are, they're vintage DiMarzios, um, probably wound by Larry DiMarzio himself. Uh, there, there's a lot of easy tells on the age mm-hmm. of DiMarzio, but um, from, from what I can see, these are about as early as you can get for a DiMarzio pickup. Um, frets are gone. But the gold top finish that this would have had because it's a deluxe yep. is long since been removed. But there's a nitro finish, and there's all sorts of checking. And uh, I, I think the back might have been oversprayed, right. but I don't, I don't think it's refinned. Uh, small volute. Yeah. Very small volute. Yeah. Um, sl- it feels like a 70s Les Paul, but it's, it's, it sounds wicked. I just need to get it refretted. But yep. this was a crazy deal, like crazy. Crazy deal. Okay. Are you going to say how much it was? Or are you just going to say it's crazy? It was $2,600. That is actually, damn. You know, when you think that a, a, a new Les Paul is more than that. Uh, and, you know, that was that. Because uh, I looked up and I was like, oh, man, how much? Because usually a refund cuts the value in half. Right. And that is about, it was like kind of what it was, but I'd seen some refunds that were more. And I thought, you know what? This is going to appreciate or someone's going to see that because it's freaking cool yeah and want it yeah uh and then he got down the firebird the firebird and this les paul came in from the same dude it had mini humbuckers which probably came out of this les paul because the firebird pickups were long gone yeah um and it's the you know it's a 1965 so it's got the one and nine sixteenths nut um it's a hybrid of chrome and nickel hardware which would have been right um the wiring was a little hinky because the guy did it himself. I opened it up and he wired it kind of wrong, but it worked, you know, ish. Right. But it sounds so good. It plays so good. And it was four grand. So I couldn't find one for less than seven that hadn't been monkeyed with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the only thing that had been changed, there's no headstock brakes on either of them. There's nothing wrong. Um, was the tuners and the pickups that same both guitars tuners and pickups apart from the finish on that only thing that, those are both really good examples of player grade vintage yeah like proper player grade vintage and and they're still out there i mean that's that's the yeah. lesson to be learned here is like you can still get into a vintage piece for a decent price i mean granted that is a lot of money and i and i feel very fortunate to be able to say i oh, okay, i'll just take them you know like i know i'm in a good spot some people might put me on blast for this i know i buy a lot of gear but i worked a long time by mm-hmm. myself struggle busting to get where i am yep and um you know there's I, it's fine but yeah. um 
But yeah, it, uh, the only thing weird is neither of them had original cases, but the Firebird case is plaid inside. Um, oh, yeah. And I found another one that that had a, had a plaid case, so I don't know if Gibson made it or somebody made it. Right. Um, but they're just wicked. You're gonna love it. I know you don't like non-reverse. I just can't get over the shape, but it, it yeah. feels more comfortable. It feels like it's over where a Les Paul would sit, where a normal Firebird feels like it's kind of out here. And I, man, I really, I, I, the Firebird I'm gonna keep. Um, for a while just to let it appreciate i don't i mean like it's a killer guitar it's not my favorite guitar i'm not gonna like it's not gonna become my new number one right but it's something that it, when you see those deals if you can make it happen and you know it's gonna be a sound investment you have to do it because like yeah that guitar in five years could be ten thousand could be twelve thousand dollars my Easy. junior that was the same thing with my junior i, yeah. I wasn't looking for it it just kind of happened but same thing like five grand i spent on that thing Mm-hmm. and got a deal on it because it's all original it's all there everything is is as it would have come including the case and well, i got a, a friend deal on it um but yeah it's like but like a les paul jr um a, pr- a proper les paul shape les paul jr a few years ago was five grand and now they're over 12 mm-hmm. so like these are the things you can never know, and the economy could could get even worse, and this could all go to go to hell. But, um, I mean, like I, I feel like these things when when they show up, you have to, yep, it, you have to make it work if you can. Yeah, but I, I think you're gonna like both these. I mean, this one needs a refret. I'm gonna get Dave Johnson to refret it. Cool. And and put proper like you know 59 Les Paul fret wire on it, and then I'll I'll rewire it to where it's a little more interactive because it kind of is like on off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Just put some better pots in it. What's the what are the outputs on the pickups? I actually haven't measured them. They're not they're hot, but they're not crazy hot. Right. Uh, and I think he wired the neck to be tapped, so it's like a uh, or a split. So it's kind of like a Tom Schultz thing, but it sounds really good. Okay. It's it's weird. Uh, I'm not going to mess with it until like uh, more people get a chance to play it. But, um, uh, but it has like black beauties and it's got good pots and the, the firebirds all original in there, except for the, he just cut out the original pickups and then soldered the pickups to the middle lug of the pot. So they're just literal on off switches. They're not, right. they can't control anything, weird. but easy. I mean, just lift the wire and put it on the different. Lug. Yeah. It'll be, you know, it'll take five minutes. Good job, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> Well, yeah. It, isn't that fun? I always feel like it's funny to get, congratulate someone on, like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stress myself out and put all this on a credit card. For, <laughs> nah, know? you get the points, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. There is that, you know. Well, do you have any other shills? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Get you one. I've got I, one. On I my got desk. one, but it's over on my pedal shelf. Let me go grab it, and you you go ahead and start. So hold Okay. On. So everybody watching, I'm going to wait because my shill is going to bother Rhett. Uh, ultimately, part of the reason why I decided to get that Firebird was, I mean, I knew it was a good deal and I liked it a lot, but I also knew that Rhett doesn't like it. And so I'm just petty enough <laughs> to, when I find those kind of things, uh, to do that. So JHS was lovely enough oh. to hook me up with a bonsai. Oh, so boy. now. I can Wonderful. enjoy not only one Tube Screamer sound, but no, one, two, so three, four, yeah. five, six, sure. seven, eight, nine Tube Screamer sounds. That's cool. And uh, yeah, uh, you know what? Wonderful. 
So I'm good. really happy about having all these options. Yeah, you can have too much mid range in nine different ways. Mm-hmm. I can have OD one min, OD one min uh, mid range, OD yeah. eight mid range. I have uh-huh. all the options here, and uh, you you got to try it. <laughs> I sure sure do, sure do. I actually I, do. I, I will say I like. So I have a pack rat. They sent me a pack rat uh, that yeah. came out, which is like every rat basically. Literally, I, I, people think that this is just like a diode switch or something. No, no, no. It is literally every circuit yes. in, crammed inside this this box. It's genuinely impressive what they were able to do with that. Yes. Um, that's what I like about the pack rat is you just crank through and you've got every rat that you would ever want. Muffaletta is the same way. Like, mm-hmm. they're killing it. All right, well, I've got two. These I came in the mail. Uh, these are legit shills. Well, not legit shills, but they... they uh, so... Ako? Oko? Oh, the Ako Diablo. Ako Diablo. Yes, yeah. classic. So, yeah, I know. They they reached out to me on Instagram a few weeks ago and were like, hey, we love your channel. Can we send you a pedal? And I said yes, because for years, do you remember? Gregor Halden? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. God. Yeah. Dude, you and you and I are like right here, right here. Of course. He had the, the mic on a teddy bear. It was yes. Like a, I couldn't remember the OG. name of his channel, but I used to watch that stuff all the time. That guy's such a phenomenal player. Yeah. Yeah. I was always enamored by how white his fingernails were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His whole channel, his thing was like he was selling those guitars, right? They were all for sale. Yeah, I think he had a store. And he still he still makes those videos. They look exactly really? the same. And oh, his, nice. his playing is as good as ever. And now he has a signature Akko Diablo. Yeah, so that's that's how I first heard about this pedal and heard of this pedal. So when they reached out, uh, I said yes, please. I would love a Diablo, and this is this is cool. So it's um, so speaking of mid rangey, it's pretty mid rangey. It's yeah. it does that like smooth clipping mid rangey thing really well. Um, one thing I like about this one though is the dynamic control. You can blend basically the voltage of the pedal between six and eighteen volts. Oh, that's cool. On a pot. And so it does actually really change the response of the pedal. Um, To me, it sounds best in front of like a clean Fender amp, like in front of my Pearl or uh, the Wonderland Overdrive or something like that. It works really, really well in front of that. I didn't like it so much in front of like a a pretty overdriven amp like my RSA. It's just too much mid-range and it gets kind of farty. And isn't they, the, L- the LED on that thing is like this? It's like the size of a quarter. Oh yeah, and it, it the whole <laughs> thing lights up. It's the most yeah. satisfying thing ever because it's like initially when I got it, I thought it was like, oh, there's just going to be like a little LED in there, and you'll see it. It's like no, no, the whole thing yeah. lights up, and it's rad. It's like a twenty millimeter LED. I don't yeah, know where they get sick. it. I want it's, it. <laughs> it's so good. And then they sent me another pedal that I think they're just about to release. They just released called the the Holy Grit Fuzz. Mm. Uh, overdrive fuzz preamp. This is very good, very, yeah. very, very good. Super Japanese? versatile. Uh, no, they're German. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, they're made in uh, not Hamburg. Um, someone, someone can correct me. I don't, they're somewhere in Germany. Uh, it says uh, Leipzig. Leipzig. That's right. Um, yeah, super, super good fuzz here. Really versatile. You can go from smooth like heavy overdrive type of fuzz to pretty pretty gnarly spitty fuzz it's also got a buffer switch here so you can uh, uh, if you have a if you have a buffer in front of it you can flip the switch and it basically makes it play nicely with the buffer or if you don't you can flip it and put it in uh in normal mode but yeah this is (laughs) a damn good fuzz 
Man, I that's I I just pulled up their site. That is it's a handsome looking pedal too. I like it. Yeah, they're really good. I I'm I'm a big fan. So um yeah, thanks to Akko for for sending the stuff out. That's awesome. I I've never played any of those. I've just seen them and heard them on uh uh the YouTube channel, uh Gregor's <laughs> YouTube channel. Uh and I I well, I have to come down there, you bring them up here. Plan. I guess when I come up to Nashville, I'm just going to have to bring like a box of pedals and yeah. gear and stuff. I'll have to bring this. I, this I wish Royale. I had. I wish I had my Sus Mariosa up in here. Oh yeah. Uh, I, will you send me one of those? Cause I never got the I original will. one. I, yeah, it is. It is such an, it's astonishingly pink. It's so pink <laughs> that people, I, people see it. They see photos of it and they see it in person. They're like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because it looks pink, the boxes look pink, and then you put white knobs on it, and it's like you can barely <laughs> stand it. Can't look at it. Like, it. It messes up your rods and cones. Everything looks green after you stare at it for a minute. Hell yeah. That's great. But anyway. All right. Hey, we've been getting a lot of questions about the the Shoyles fuzz. Oh, where, where are we at on that? I know. Um, oh, McKinley brought me one. <laughs> Not the Shoyles fuzz, but the Seuss Mario Seuss Mario Sup. Uh, there it is. Um, the Shoyles fuzz. So I, ha- <laughs> I haven't worked on it too much. There was a time uh, a few months ago where I, I started redoing the fuzz circuit um, because I think what's happening is there's like the leads are too close for the, the signal oh. and the jacks because it's all being routed on the board. And I, I talked to some people and they're like, oh, yeah, if you put all that on the board and you're running high gain, they're just going to feed back. And Weird. Is it? It's yeah. almost like crosstalk on tape yeah. or something. Because mm-hmm. uh, like I don't understand how that squelch can come through the bypass signal, so it has to be happening literally on the board. Right. And I, when I redid it, I moved them further away, but it, I don't know. So I redid the fuzz in such a way that it's it's simpler. There's less parts, but I, th- I'm worried that what we're gonna have to do is put it in a more normal box because the way that that angled enclosure that we showed initially had to be made, either we do it all with wires going to the pots, which that's my nightmare, (laughs) or uh, you do what I did in the prototype and actually have a ribbon for all the pots and they have like a daughter board. And that might be where a lot of this feedback is happening as well Uh because everything's like coming up and through a ribbon and back out and, and coming back and it's, I don't know. So I feel like either we have to make it a lot more expensive and do wires in that box, which are already just egregious than the cost. And I, or we go with a normal size box and, and I can make something that is easier to make and not going to, I'm not going to kill myself. All right. Well, maybe, maybe we put this out to the, uh, to the channel here to the pod because this was this is a pedal that was kind of born through the podcast so what do you think do you want something that's more bespoke the the fancy case the custom wiring zach's sweat and tears inside every uh enclosure for more money uh or do you want something that is more normal regular box less fancy looking less special but more affordable well i mean and we can we're going to we can knock it out of the park in, for, in, in terms of aesthetics, even on a normal box, 
There is something to that cast enclosure, but one thing I'm worried about is those enclosures. If if my supplier dries up, I can't get them. Mm. You know, but I can buy 1590 BBSs all day. Um, what if we did like? What if we did an initial run of like ten fancy fancy boys, and then the rest were like a, a regular boy? We might be able to. We maybe could do that. Um, at, at this point, especially after going to JHS and seeing what all they do, the 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 easier my life can be, the better because we're already like doing the Sus Marioseps. We we had, we prepped a hundred and then they were gone in a matter of, I mean, mo- any, all the dealers were gone within a matter of hours, and <laughs> we're so cool, man. Uh, it's great, but <laughs> then like awesome. these, like you see how many knobs and stuff is on this. Like there's a lot yeah, of it's a lot of work. There's like the switches and the little trimmers and everything. Like all the the little piddly stuff takes so long. This takes longer to make than than uh, other pedals. That, that we make that have arguably more components on the board. Like an airlane drive, I could I could make five in the time it takes us to make one of these just because there's right. I don't, and and that has all through whole parts. So it like that's the thing where I wanna I, I like the idea of doing like a limited run of stuff, but also that's that's my waking nightmare where if if I can make something and make it sound as good as possible and and make it approachable for everybody. And then, and then we lean into the aesthetics and we pour a lot of energy and time into making the aesthetics really pop and right. be something that literally, if anyone saw it, they'd go, I know what that is, and man, do I want one. That's kind of, I think, the thing we could, we could do with even a normal rectangular box. Okay, so great. That's probably the way we should go, but, you know. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally here for that. I, I, don't, I don't need the fancy boy uh, box, but if it... I, Initially, when we thought it was going to be easier, we we didn't think there was going to be all these issues. It made a lot of sense, but now that there's all these issues with the the sound and performance of the pedal because of the box, it se- seems like. Yeah, I I think that's what it is. I mean, like, and the thing about it is that, that people might not realize is that most people in those pedals are making like fuzzes, like they have like eight components, right? Mm-hmm. And the the pitch on the top is so drastic that you can't use a board mounted pot because it will hit the bottom side of the the face of the enclosure so i mean analog man kind of gets around it by using long pots and then they bend the pcb which i think is just a recipe for disaster Mm -hmm. um i mean like obviously they do it and it's they're getting away with it and it's fine but at the same time like i can just see myself or one of the guys being like oh i was bending this pot and i ripped the pad off Mm. because i've done that with normal pots and like then you know what you have to do with that circuit board? You throw it in the garbage. So, you know, I yep. I, I wanna I wanna revisit it. We have we kind of have like a timeline for everything coming out later this year. A lot of people have been asking for high roads. They're coming. Probably gonna majority of them they're gonna go to Joey to sell at shows because he's not been touring very much and mm-hmm. they can use that income and I wanna support my friend more than more than anything else. Um you know, the Univibe's not coming out. People have been asking about that. Just let's shelve that idea. Um, there's a lot of other things that are coming, but I ha- it's I haven't forgotten. It's just <laughs> what what I really what we really should do, and this would be good, I mean, for our channel, your channel, is I have the next iteration of the fuzz on a breadboard that I can literally change oh, immediately. Yeah. 
and and we can we can do that. Uh, like we could we could say, right, oh, here's I, how it sounds with clipping. Here's how it sounds with a. Maybe filters. I do need to come up. That would be really fun. Okay, well, I need to look at my calendar, but uh, yeah, I think we can make something like that happen. Yeah, we're here. We're here. We're here. All right. Well, thanks everyone. I'm gonna go play with this amp. I'm gonna go take these headphones off my ears that are squishing my glasses into my head. Oh, oh by the way, I, I want to. Th- we should thank all the people at GearFest that hooked us up. UA. Yeah. Hooked us up with great stuff. Roland Boss hooked us up with some killer headphones and squished my my glasses to my. Oh, head. is that what you're using right now? No, I'm using some different ones. Uh, they're oh, at the it. house, um, but they sound great. Uh, oh, that Tascam, dude. Tascam hooked us up with the Porta Studio. Uh, I'm very very happy with that thing. The Porta Porta Capture X8. Oh yeah, Porta Capture. That's X8. a cool piece, man. That's a really really, really cool. cool piece of gear. Uh, sure, gave us some mics with our names on it, which was really cool. Um, what else did we? Ernie Ball hooked hooked us up uh, with a lot of that stuff. That was, was all the 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 Ernie Ball stuff was in that bag that I left. As well. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> all my coasters and all that stuff. Yeah, I grabbed yeah. some really some badass straps that I was really excited about. I oh, left those, yeah. and so hopefully someone at Sweetwater grabbed that and is super stoked on it because yeah, like look at all this free stuff I found. In yeah. <laughs> But yeah, thanks to everybody at, at Gearfest and Sweetwater for yeah, for thanks for having especially us. me because I would just kind of I felt like um, Corey Congilio was like yeah you kind of like snuck in here didn't yeah. you <laughs> I was like yeah I did uh, uh, no man it was it was good they were they were super cool to work with the thing I like about working with Sweetwater is they're really open to letting letting us do what we want to do, which for a company that, that that's that big and can be that like corporate, you know, it's yeah. actually, it's a pretty encouraging thing to see as a, as a creator who's working with them. Um, it, we've had a lot of really good experiences with Sweetwater where we just bring them some idea. It's like, Hey, could you guys do this? And like, yeah, sure. sounds great. Let's, let's do that. You know? So yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us at gear fest. I'm excited to do it again next year. Um, and hopefully we can actually live it, please, Sweetwater. I humbly request that you step up your Wi-Fi game, though. Get uh, some fiber up in that. Get some fiber up there. I mean, my my gosh, you, you guys, you're big enough. I mean, that campus, dude. We didn't even talk about the warehouse tour. The warehouse is insane. It's, we need it. We'll probably cover that on a different thing. But the warehouse was actually genuine. I thought we were just going to get the warehouse tour and be like, oh, it's like an Amazon warehouse. There's boxes of crazy. It, we were blown. Their guitar shop was very impressive there, there was stuff in there that i had no idea that existed and the level at which that Sweetwater will go to to get you the instrument you want like beyond yeah. what's coming from a, a company is incredible we i didn't know that. that yeah we'll, we'll talk about that later but basically you can you can have anything modded to anything like you could order a strat off of Sweetwater and tell them i want hum single hum with a floyd rose and i want you to pull the frets out of it and make it a fretless uh, shred strat and they'll do it. Yep. It's crazy. It's incredible. So anyways, all right. See y'all. Bye.